0: With me on the show today, Debbie G and Neo Positivity. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And just like the show we did two days ago, where Cindy and Jackie and I were kind of feeling before we got going with the show, we count we counted on the show to get us to a higher vibe place, it did do that. We were able to get to like oh, super high vibe by the time we were done. So just like then, we're gonna to try to do the same thing today because debbie g kind of been fighting a little bug right now and i've been dealing with some stuff I, and, and neil is trying to be in two places at once he hasn't figured out the quantum mechanics on that just yet but <laughs> so you know we want to get into that high vibe space again so we're hoping that you guys in the audience both large and podcast listeners will be able to give us that a uh, little bit of a push and that we'll be able to give it to ourselves as well so i don't i won't ask how you're doing debbie i will ask how are you improving
1: I am improving. I am sitting upright. I'm right here. This was. I've had. I've just so y'all know. I just simply had a, the stomach flu. And if anybody's ever had the stomach flu, you know you've got. You feel like you got hit by a Mack truck. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, I was telling everybody. I just. I missed last week because we traveled to Colorado. But before we went to Colorado, I don't know if y'all remember. I was fighting a a cold bug. Right, right. There's still such a thing as a cold bug.
0: Surprise, surprise.
1: I tell you what. And my husband decides he's going to go to the store because he's going to go look for a test for me. I'm like, oh, who? (laughs) Oh, Oh, what?
0: This doesn't exactly fit the vibe that you had in mind is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) No, 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 it doesn't. To tell me that I, no, because it's not in my reality. I don't have anything with the number 19 in my freaking reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Zero, I just was, I had the common everyday cold. I don't know if you all know, but that's a thing still. (laughs) So the next day I woke up, I was so steaming mad about anybody trying to bring that into my reality. I'm like, yo no because I really knew I wasn't sick like that you know what I mean it's just like I i Mm -hmm. know a lot of my friends right now are down with that and Mm -hmm. I know that what I've had is not the same Mm
0: -hmm. so the
1: next day I woke up I was fine I was like literally almost fine so we get back from this trip and now I've got the stomach flu and again it's not that thing that we talked about that in my that's not in my reality (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I could tell you're fierce about it, and and that actually can work. That can work very nicely when you're. Oh, fierce. I was
1: mad as. I was yeah. mad. I was like, yeah, don't. Well, you know what it is? It's that I really, honestly, I think we've all I, we've all forgotten that the common cold happens. Mm-hmm. So it it was if it had been anything worse, I'm not, I would have obviously saw to it. But it wasn't. I just knew it in, instinctually in my body, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but today, sense. today, it took some serious push right now to be like, OK, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get showered. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get on camera. I'm going to come up and I'm going to show up. And I didn't even know why until Walt sent me a message and. Now I can kind of see why, and I really loved it. And so, y'all, just send me some, some vibes because <clears throat> I'm still still trying to. We're getting there. Kim- love-
0: Kimberly, Sam, ah. yep, there we go. All right. So, thank you guys. They're coming your way, Debbie. They're coming. I just love it. Just accept me. Take them in. Meanwhile, uh, Neil, you got to unmute yourself because we can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> Everybody, hashtag we
2: love Debbie G. That's what it Absolutely. is. That's Absolutely. That's how we're going to send energy her way. Cause
0: even if somebody just looks at it, they're going to send it automatically. Let's do you that. Rock, I love, rock. I love it. Now, now, Neil, do you have your, have, have you gotten one foot out of the one reality so you can be in the other reality with us at this moment?
2: I am. That's the thing. I'm trying to be in one place. That's what it <laughs> is. And as long as they don't come here, they won't know. So Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> I am in one
2: place twice. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The event that I had going on this weekend Uh, It's so crazy. I'll tell you guys the story behind that real quick. Uh, Just like in October, I wrote the speech. It was beautiful. Got all my key points after getting revamped six times. Um, I was sitting in in, in bed, I mean, on my recliner right there at like 2.30 in the morning. And um, it just wasn't, something was missing. All the key components there, but something was missing and it wasn't words. And I sat back and I asked the universe, what's missing? And I said, well... And something clicked in my head, well, you do want to change the beginning because I changed the opening. And uh I said, well, I know that's not it, but whatever. I'm just going to go with it anyway. Lo and behold, I get up and I do the opening, but I do it with Neo. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I wasn't Nehemiah on stage giving a speech. I did it like I was Neo talking to one person. Nice. And that's I the way said, to I said, wait a minute, that's what is missing. And I said, wait a minute. I had this breakthrough moment with the same speech I did in October. I couldn't figure out what was missing. It was that. I was like, damn it, I forgot. And so immediately I grabbed my recorder because I just put it away to sit down and meditate before bed. I grabbed my recorder and I hit record and went through the whole speech. And I went through it like me. Like I was just talking to y'all right now. And it just felt amazing. I was so excited. That was at 235 in the morning. I sat back down in my chair, meditate for 10 minutes before bed. 3 minutes later, my alarm, my I get it, my phone. Boom. Why is my phone going off at 2:30 the in the morning. Not right. Yeah, right? So uh I look at it and it's an email saying the event's canceled. No. Which <laughs> is crazy. I'm Like I'm feeling little cloud nine. But it wasn't canceled, it was just moved to virtual. Ah. And they're still having it right now, uh which is it's a course on uh on on being a better speaker. But part, a part of the course was the people, the planners who planned the speakers and send them everywhere. They were getting together and each speaker had 10 minutes. You know, it was a separate group of speakers, but everybody had 10 minutes to give them their, a, a, a small portion of what they would get if they put, sent you to an office to speak or to another conference to speak. Right. And so, but that part is just getting postponed a couple of weeks. So I just got to sit back and hang my hat a little bit further. But it's so funny how I had just gotten it. And then the universe was like, I got other plans. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's where you learn to zig and zag. That's what I really wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, and I, why I was so inspired to get on here. So many times in my life, I've been shown, like, just give up. Stop trying to plan, all right? Because you're always wrong. And it's, most of the time, it's better than what you were planning for anyway. So stop. And I've been trying to adapt that philosophy forever. But this was this was different. The way this hit me, because I, it hit me like a ton of bricks, but I was just like, I wasn't mad. I was just like, this is the universe doing its thing. You know, let's go. You know, let's just I go. I, I got past it fast. And it is so true. As soon as you get over that hump, if you take that initial hit like a chief, you know, like a warrior and stay on your positivity. The next couple of days, I was just getting great news left and right. I booked this gig that I've been trying to get, and it's just uh, a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, back to what I was saying. The whole planning, this is going to happen by then, and oh, this is going to happen. I, I'm so done with it now. And I kind of walk a different life now. In the past two days since this hit me, I just walked around different. And I described it. um how, how was I talking to earlier? I described it as you picture a whole bucket, right? And all my life, I've been putting different color drops in there like Kool-Aid versus black paint. I just been putting drops and I could plan out the next week. I could plan out the next month and I could plan out all this stuff. And I've gotten to the point right now where it feels like the bucket is full. And as I put drops in it, custom drops are falling out. And that's the every next second that's happening. But I feel like, I feel like I'm finally living one step at a time. Like, and wow. I said it before and tried it before, but now I'm just walking around like literally like a zombie kind of. And it was kind of like a not a funk, but it was weird to be walking like that. And it's why I had this realization. And I was like, I got to talk to these two about it and see what they think. Because um, you, you, you do want to be in the moment. You do want to be present leave all the other stuff behind. But I'm in such a state of uncomfortable. And I know that's a good place to be, because if you stay comfortable, you're never going to grow um so i'm in such a state of uncomfortability to where it's like every step is something different but i know they're all going somewhere great
0: first of all huge credit to you i mean absolutely huge credit to you and second of all i am going through the exact same <laughs> thing and we will get to that in a moment because this is like un believable
1: so was joe
0: I mean, look, God, look, so, you
1: guys! I'm gonna bring this up. Look, so my hubby here, planning doesn't plan- seem
0: to work for me lately either, Neil. Yeah, I know exactly oh, where I'm sick of it. I'm like, well, Whoa. can I
1: just? I'm gonna give you both a hand. Planning, planning. I did. So I learned a long time ago to give up the idea that you can really have a solid plan and then follow what the universe wants you to do. They don't coincide. You know, Joe and I were, we in Colorado and whether or not that we were going to make it back by the third came up and he's got a plan to tell us work. Now we all get that, but I'm like, well then just tell him you don't know because we don't know if we're going to get snowed in. We don't know And I live my life by this. I don't know. I don't know. And let me tell you what happens when I do that. When I live from a space of I don't know and allowing the flow, what I get is magic. New Year's Eve became a – God, it was beautiful, you guys. Happy New Year to everybody.
2: Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. yes.
1: we got to spend time with my son which was a huge big deal and then and then um we went back over to the airbnb where we were staying which was a guy a gentleman named Wonder Bob who y'all will be meeting because Bob is an amazing he's an amazing shaman and just an amazing gentleman that lives out in Creston you trust me just amazing and great place to do retreats we get there, and instead of just going to bed, everybody's playing Clue. Have you all ever played Clue before? Long time little. ago, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever tried to play it as an adult? Well, you're a cop. You would have a blast with Clue. <laughs> 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 I'm <sorry>. I mean, <laughs> really. But what we did have was this amazing evening with people we didn't even know, and connection and just beautiful just creating friendships together and instead of everybody going happy new year kisses and champagne flying because we don't drink nobody there drank instead nice. we all held hands in this big giant circle and spoke gratitude of gratitude and appreciation and what our wishes were for frickin 2022 and all of this is because i refused to plan I refuse. It is like, no, if something comes up and it looks like it's calling my name, I'm going and that that's there is an unknown to this. And you said unknown, Neo, the unknown is the place that you want to go into that you want to embrace because the unknown is where the magic is. The reason we want to stick to what we can plan and what we know is because that's what we know. And it's so much easier to accept and be in something that we feel safer in because, dear God, what if we get hurt or what if it doesn't turn out right or blah, 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 yada, yada? It's like, well, geez, guys, look, anything we've done before got us to where we're at now. But did it really work the way we wanted to if we're not where we want to be yet? Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And in fact, this, this is like a perfect dovetail to the email that I shared with you guys before the show today that I wanna read on the show uh, because this is one of the themes that I think that's involved in what Jason is going through. Jason's a listener of Elevate Today. He's been listening for a number of years and he wrote in to ask for some help. He says, you've all assisted uh, and with my spiritual journey for quite some time now and for that I'm eternally grateful. It is with this that I need y'all's help more than ever. This may seem a little long and I apologize in advance. Due to recent events and setbacks, I've been what seems to be falling apart more and more each of these passing days, and I don't know what to do. My rent is due next week, and my anxiety is through the roof, and I'm scared to the point that it feels debilitating. The thought of my fiancé and I being without a home is killing me. My job has been steady, but after this setback recently, I'm left with nothing. The thing is, my mother passed away, and I've been down the spiral since then. All the money I had, I've been, uh, went to funeral spots and I'm lost and I'm on the brink. So please, my LOA mentors, send me a guiding light or advice or advice if you can. And again, thank you to everyone at LOA today for all the greatness you bring to the world with best regards, Jason B. And I'm thinking to myself when I'm reading this, this came in, uh, this afternoon. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It came in this morning, but it came in just in time for today's show, which is perfect because Debbie G here on the program. And as you alluded to earlier, Debbie G, I mean, I'll say it this way. You are more in a place of addressing this than anyone else I know, including myself. And I've been in a very much of a very similar situation to what Jason's in. But he alluded to losing his home. And you've been homeless. You totally. know what that's like. And you know what it's yeah. like to climb, to face both going into it and climbing out of it. So let's start with you. Let, why don't you address what Jason's talking about 1st
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Jason, first off, the first thing I'm going to tell you is, dude, I know it's rough, man. I know that when you're sitting there in it, that it, it, it's definitely, it pulls at our every essence of, of what our belief system is, of how we should be living and, and whatnot. But I want to take you guys back to a story of a friend of mine. His name, Kit, Kit and Rosie Volcano. They're, they're, awesome. You can find them on Facebook. And I remember watching them one time and they were getting ready to lose their house. And they gave the best piece of advice, which pulled, which pulled me through so radically. And that was once I became appreciative of where I sat and accepted, look, this is how I did it. I knew I wasn't going to have a house to live in. I knew my son and I were going to need to figure this out. This was just 3 years ago, y'all. This wasn't a long time ago. First off, your intentions are everything and you in and asking people for help, doing a GoFundMe, doing some things you may have to do to get a little bit of help just to get to that next step is perfectly acceptable. But the other thing is being okay with with not Having a place to live. So what if you're in your car? What does that look like? Well, it looks like you're going on a camping trip. It looks like life is one big adventure. When everything falls apart, it's simply because you're supposed to be shifting direction. There's something bigger and greater out there for you. I promise you there is. Staying, though, in a space of fear, staying in a space of I, I, I'm i afraid, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to make this transition harder so you can fight it or you can flow with it and be like, dude, we're going on an adventure. Baby, let's roll. If Your fiance is is is, is a rock and roller, man. This is the best way to find out. You know, <clears throat> this too, they say this too shall pass, but this too shall pass with joy in your heart. That's what I'm going to challenge you with. Because if you can do that, you're going to get out of this. But it's going to happen like magic. When Christopher and I were, were traveling, we were in the car, didn't know where we were going, went to San Diego. You guys, no clue, no clue. Talk about the unknown. I literally stepped out into the unknown as though I knew nothing, period. It was just like, all right, we're on an adventure. That's all I said. I'm going on an adventure. My life is an adventure. That's it. And what happened was is that people showed up the beauty that the human being is came forward so magically there's there was a there was this moment that i saw the the hearts of human beings and that happened people showed up i mean you you put it out there and people show up but also the the god the universe whatever else angels whatever you believe in it shows up but first appreciating that unknown there is a space and when you absolutely have nothing the very the most important things to you are going to become very evident very very evident no longer is it going to matter and and let me tell you
0: <clears throat> i am
1: now in my I'm in, I'm in my house and now i'm married and life is different but i wouldn't have given up that that opportunity to seek adventure in this world with the end with not knowing where it was going and not be planning. Hell, I couldn't plan. We couldn't plan one day to the next. You could forget it. It is literally relinquishing and surrendering all. And there is no. Only if or mm, I'm going to surrender all but this or I'm going to surrender all. Yeah, but no, not that. No, it's all of it. All or nothing. So that's how that's how I did it. I mean. It was with joy. And plus, I was in Taya at the time to be real about it. I mean, trusting my abundance, trusting, trusting your abundance is about trusting what's showing up in your life as it's for the best for you. How is this situation? Something's happening and you're being guided. And if you keep focusing on the stuff that isn't working. Then that's what you're going to get. But if you start focusing on, what am I being shown? There's something cool here. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. Let's do this, man. And just that. Just do it with love and joy. And believe it or not, you can have fun having nothing nothing at all in this world materialistically. That's great. I love that. and
0: everything. I mean, you're 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 dealing with the chokes, and you're still getting that out. That's really really great.
1: Apologize, you guys, about that. Kind of Uh, no
0: problem. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I now Louise and I never ended up homeless, but we came really really close in 2013, like within millimeters. It came that close. Yeah. um, To the point when it was when we moved back to Connecticut from Virginia. When we moved back, we literally had spent every dime. And there was really no idea how we were going to get through the next month, let alone the next few years. Um, we weren't quite to the space that you were at, Debbie, but, oh, God, it was like a hair's breadth away from it. And when you're in that space, uh, I'm not going to mince meat about it. It's a lousy place to be in. It is a miserable place to be in. And the hardest part is to do exactly what you just talked about, Debbie. That hardest part is shifting your attention away from this is crap. This is terrible. This is horrible. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is the hardest challenge you will ever face in your life. It, it's, it's, I mean, Neil, you can probably speak to this. It, it's probably as hard or harder than charging dark down a dark alley when you know there's a drug dealer with a gun at the other end. I mean, it's it's like that. It's like trying to figure out what the heck. And And like you were describing, Debbie, the, the curveballs that come your way, I'll call them that. The curveballs are, are so unpredictable. And unlike a batter who can actually see the ball curving, you can't even see the curve coming. All you know is bam, this new thing happened out of the blue and it was completely unexpected followed by bam, this other thing that just happened out of the blue. And then bam, this other thing that just happened out of the blue. Yeah. And, and they tend to happen rapid fire. I mean, literally you, you, you can be like a punch drunk boxer who really doesn't know where the next punch is coming from. And you're trying to figure out how to stay on your friggin' feet. And the only thing that I can tell you about how we got through, well, with Louise and me, we, we had each other. That was big. Our relationship got us through. I would say we had nothing else going right except that. And, we just kind of leaned on that, and we were both into. Yeah. We were starting our development of, of understanding law of attraction. I'd been doing the podcast for about two years at that point. Um, I was still learning it. She was still learning it, and we basically said, "Let's just. We have nothing left. Let's just trust. I mean, what do we got to lose at this point?
1: That's it. We got
0: nothing to lose. There's not. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, on uh, on top of everything else, we were hugely deep in debt. There w- there was. Literally no other options available. The next option was bankruptcy and losing your home and being just in a you know, a horrible financial place. And I, I didn't know what else to do, so Louise didn't know what else to do, so we just said, well, we'll just go with whatever happens because we don't know what else to do. And it was the smartest decision we could have made.
2: thing about it is you didn't have a choice anyway. No, not really. Whatever you was thinking you was going to do, none of that shit mattered. Not really was going to, you so when you wrap your head around stuff like that, that's how you kind of wrap your head around the whole this is right where I was meant to be in this moment. Now that sentence can stop as a great realization, or you can have your next sentence, which is what does this mean? What does this mean? That's a look towards the future. What's gonna happen next? What do I need to happen next? Who do I have to become to make that happen? Whatever the situations are going on, I can't even pretend to imagine what it would be like to be in uh, that situation. I've never personally gotten like an eviction letter. So as far as shelter being threatened, um, I've never been in that situation. And every time I chase somebody down a dark alleyway, it was at the time the funnest thing I was doing in my life. So that definitely wasn't... It wasn't scary and it wasn't hurtful. When you said that, I was I'm like, sorry. Oh, I just like nothing cause, like that because I can't.
1: <laughs> That's just homeless. like a total adventure right there. I mean, but see, look at that was having fun with that at that moment. How I can you? How look, we all think of like losing our home or losing something, losing materialistically, like is the worst thing. But I want you all to remember something. If you remember the gardener and the vine. <clears throat> The tree is the source. I and mean, when we were driving through, through Utah and Colorado, I was looking at all these trees and I remember looking at Joe and I said, that, that tree trunk is source and all the branches are us. You know, and sometimes you've got to, you ever, you're a gardener or you run a, you have a gardening business Well, you know you've got to prune the trees. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you prune trees? Well,
0: well, a number cut. of things happen. You're cutting, cutting their limbs things. off. It stimulates growth, but it does. I think it's probably where you're going with it. It stimulates growth when you cut trees.
1: Got it. So when you're... because but it hurts. I see, only if you choose to perceive it that way. It depends when you do it. it. I was Actually, a
0: that's the question, Neil. I mean, literally, when, when it comes to pruning trees, it really depends on when you do it. And you know if what, you I'll- do it... If you yeah, do it really, really. into the window, you can actually hurt the tree. You're right. And if you do it after the branch done fell
2: off, you ain't hurt nothing, right? <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> after it's All like right, you guys to killing my day.
1: metaphor. The,
2: it's <laughs> the tree tree too. It really
0: does. Shit.
1: No, because, Debbie, I was going to ask
2: you, when you were driving through Utah with those trees, were there, like, snow on the trees? Yeah. And, uh, there were? Because I got to tell you, when you're facing homeless and there's snow outside, it's even harder to be positive. You know?
1: I can imagine. Yeah, I was at the beach. Let's, 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 let's face it. I live in Southern California. We were also, we were, this was a week of our life. It wasn't forever, but I'm telling you, it, it shifted really quick. Um, I don't, granted, anything can make anything harder, but it really all, it's always about how you're going to perceive it and look at it. That, that appreciation for life is so huge. What I know is that sometimes it may seem like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Your mom's passed away, Jason. I fully, my heart's with you. Because death is such a rude awakening for us here left on the planet. Because when somebody really close to you dies, and I've had this happen, I'm talking literally just so close that that you feel the separation w- when they transition so hardcore. It helps you to look at your life and ask yourself, are you appreciating it to the level that you could be? Are you going to look at life as being downtrodden and all these things are being handed to me and, I, and it's eating poop? Or are you going to make a poop sandwich and say, it may be poop, but I'm going to make it pretty. I'm gonna eat it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who? Something. Do something to laugh. There you go. Laughter. There, laughter. Okay, look. We were Christopher and I. In fact, I I feel like I want to just look for the 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 photos I have right now to show you the kind of pictures I was taking of this of everything during this time. Just because it was extraordinary. I was looking for anything and everything that you could possibly imagine to to hook my little gratitude uh, fingers into like, OK, I'm there's you know, it's that bird. I, the simplest possible things, period, not looking at the situation, looking at the beauty in this situation. And I know it sounds challenging and yeah, it is. Don't, oh, by the way, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not human completely. There were times, y'all, I, there were nights, there were nights and I remember laying there crying and I remember, I remember my heart breaking thinking, shit, I know what I've got to do to do this, but this, like this whole thing's just so, so hard. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember feeling those things and I allowed, here's what I did. I allowed myself to feel them and to work, the work, let them flow through me and I didn't stay in it. Okay. Did I avoid the fact that this was hard? Did I avoid the fact that I would that there were tears? Hell no. At, at that particular time for me, I have to be honest, the fact my son was still sitting there alive made me really happy because we just went through a really serious thing with him and, you know, uh that he may not have been. So I had something that also gave me something to cling on to, you know, a little bit stronger than when you're looking, when you're in that place, you I mean, you're looking for things to hold on to, you know, and and give you that – what is really what's most important your dog, my dog was my dogs my sons that's me me i'm important absolutely
2: i wanna i want i wanna throw out here what I wrote down um even though like I said, I've never been in a situation um, in the situations I were in fine i wasn't financially um I didn't accept help, I was too whatever for that and looking back I was the dumbest shit I could have done because I was over there stressing shit for no reason mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um like Debbie's saying find things to love you know in your life and but don't just find a thing to love say it say it. feel it if you have a cousin that you grew up with that you were close with maybe you know whatever I love my cousin I love my family I love my relationships. You know, I've, I've developed some great relationships in my lifetime. You can think back to a kid you grew up with that you haven't seen since you were six years old. It was a great relationship. Um, you can love that relationship, which manifests better relationships into your future. Um, another thing is, at the end of the day, you're going to make it. Like I said to Debbie earlier about the snow, where I'm from, homeless people in the winter, that that's crazy. It'd be so cold outside. Mm-hmm. That I I can't I don't even want to go to the mailbox and they're sleeping out there, mm-hmm. um. So if you're in that situation where you really might die, that's different. But other than that, if worst case scenario you couldn't pay and then 30 days go by because they got 30 days to to send the sheriff to your house to get you out of the house if you still didn't have a solution and you did end up sleeping on the streets, you probably got a car to sleep in or a relative to sleep at. And even if you didn't, and I go down this hole because this is what you gotta do sometimes. Go to worst case scenario. Even if you didn't and you had to sleep on the street, you're going to survive. At least that night to the next day. And then you could take it from there. And then I think what I wrote next, there it is. Your whole life, even if you were homeless before, you made it out. All these things that keep happening, you make it out somehow. And you're right. gonna make it out of this one. If you got to cling on to that for confidence, you're gonna make it through this one. And you got somebody with you. A lot of people at this situation don't got somebody with them. They got to go through this alone. Use that. Love more, care more. And you know, we wish you the best. Yeah. You know, um, there's people in the chat that want to know if there's anything they can do to help out. You know, we'll get that. We'll get that going.
0: We will do that. Um, I also want to point to a few things, Jason, that are in your email that are things you can point to kind of like what Debbie was talking about things you can be appreciative of. For instance, you mentioned my job has been steady. Great. Great. You got a steady income. That's worth celebrating. There are a lot of people who don't have that right now, right now in the chat, um, I think it was Kimberly was saying she just lost her job. She lost her job, but she also believes that this is going to be the best opportunity and God has different plans for her, which is a wonderful attitude. I love that. That attitude is going to win. Um, But you have the job. You have a steady income you can rely on. And like Neil pointed out, you have a fiancé. And I know the best thing Louise and I did, because we have a great relationship, is we leaned on each other. And I didn't hold anything back from her. And she didn't hold back anything from me. In fact, that's how we ended up in Connecticut. Because Louise was holding back the fact that she didn't like it in Virginia. She was not liking, and no, it's a good reason for this, by the way. We won't even get into the reasons, but she was just miserable in Virginia. I mean, it's Virginia. I mean, no, I'm just (laughs) dealing with everybody from Virginia. I'm just playing. I don't live there. But, But the point is that, you know, if if she, the way she expressed it was this. She realized that if she didn't tell me about it, if she didn't tell me how she was feeling, she would have felt miserable that she had held that back from me. And I'll tell you what, the way she was anticipating it was going to feel or anticipating how I was going to feel when she told me about it was far different from the way I actually felt. Usually I, was my, I was in my own place of, of like despondency anyway. So when she told me, I like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you moved to Virginia with me, I'll move back to Connecticut with you. It was not a big deal from my perspective. The biggest deal was, how are we going to pay for it? Other than that, I had no, no, no objections whatsoever. But in her mind, she had built it up into this thing of, oh, my God, it's going to be a horrible twist. It's going to be a wrenching experience to, for Walt to move back to Connecticut. And it wasn't. The only way she was going to find that out was by talking it out with me. It took five minutes. Choosing. The only way she was going to find out was to choose.
2: Yeah to say something about it. That's the, these choices that we make, that's what life is about choices. Are you going to meditate today or not? Are you going to stay positive in the face of negative or not? It's all life is just choice after choice, after choice. And I, that's why we do this show. Cause so there's, there's choices. can
1: I, can I ramp? I want to ramp that up. I like that. I love that choices are, you're right. You got to make a choice and you got to, let's take it one step further and make a decision. Make that decision, because I love that you. I love where you're going with this. You got to make a choice. Am I going to go left or right? Make a choice now. Make a decision, and do it. I can't hear you. And be okay (laughs) with
2: it. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought a choice was a decision. (laughs) (laughs) Deciding which one, but I'm you you. know
1: (laughs) decision. I, I wanna, look, I love the word choice and I love the word decision. Choice seems to me, like, I seem to get into my choices and I, when I have a couple of them, I can't seem to make a decision. So the word dis it's a personal flavor here, the word decision, because it feels like, okay, if I make a decision, I'm actually gonna do it. When I'm in choice, I'm sort of like, I got this option and this option, and I might review those ten options for the next two months. Cause, <laughs> <let's> say, <laughs> but that's just—it's personal. It's a. You personal know what? Airplane. There's
2: studies behind that too, and you're right because they use that in in pilot school with making a choice on what to do next, and make and deciding what the hell you're gonna do next. Because when something happens on your on your airplane, it's crazy. Got a cockpit in front of you. Something happens to your airplane. There's a certain number of events where you have to switch things and listen for this okay if that doesn't work try that okay it started back up so it's like you got a million choices on what to do next and it, each one is different for what just broke down on your cockpit but you gotta decide and you got you don't got time you gotta decide and you know one of the choices is to call out for help you know and so it's like it's a big difference so i give you that i go you, you got that
1: <laughs> decide hey. Make a decision, man. I got I I had a funny one for you guys. Like for for Christmas, I I wanted to bring this up because I couldn't I couldn't figure out what to get Joe. And so I went to Hobby Lobby and got one of those those really cool model airplanes, you know, with a marine on it because he was he's a marine or ex or whatever they call that. He was a vet. Mm-hmm. What I really did is I bought this really cool. He's gonna go up and fly for the first time and take a lesson to see if he really digs because he wants to get his pilot. He wants to get his license, and I'm like, well, then may as well see if you dig it or not. But I put it inside, and he didn't even see it. He he really thought all I I got him this like eleven dollar ninety nine cent frickin' airplane. Which hey, it's the thought that counts, right? No, mm-hmm. it's to, but it's to go up. But you know what? I love it. Just there, there's, a, I imagine there's a lot in, in flying an airplane that you could put into life.
2: Yeah. The checklist. It's funny because, oh, uh, what does Dan call them? But the daily check-ins, when you're flying, you're supposed to do this check sheet. You got to pick, pull this paper up unless you got to memorize. And then you go over everything every couple of minutes. You make sure everything's functioning. And I adapted that into my life. As soon as I learned what it was about it, I adapted it into my life. And it's a real piece of paper. It's one thing to have it up here and remind yourself to do it every now and then. But I think all three of us can admit that fades away for one. It seems not as effective because you're not feeling it enough day two. But when you got a piece of paper and you're choosing to hold yourself accountable to do every freaking one, it's yeah. just a little bit different. I downloaded an app. Uh, I think it's called affirmations. You can put your own affirmations in there, but they make you click it. And it's something about clicking the damn screen 10 times that make I'm really doing it. And that's what I love about that app. When you click it, it kind of like makes you really do it. So it is a lot involved like with, law, with the law of attraction and in life and in flying with a plane. If you, especially if you don't take care of your machine. Your body, your vessel, your temple—it ain't gonna take care of you. And people compare that to cars all the time. But if a car breaks down, it goes on the side of the road. If our body breaks down, we're dead. You know, um, unless we can get a jump fast enough.
1: (laughs) I'm curious how much flying. How much is unknown in flying?
2: Oh, (laughs) I'm
1: just curious.
2: How much is unknown? <clears throat> I, I I would venture to say more than the ocean. I would venture to say more than the ocean.
1: If, they, you, get a, if you know you've got to, okay, you're on path to go here. You know that's what you planned. You've been doing your checks, but now you got to shift and go here.
2: Oh, yeah. That's all the time because of the wind conditions.
1: Okay. A, lot people,
2: a lot of people don't notice but if you see a runway like on a map and it's crossed like that, and you're like, where do I land at? That's always depending on which way the wind is blowing. So well, that could change. So your current course could totally, now you gotta go all the way around and go that way. So a lot does change, um as you're in the air. Frequency so changes, all that.
1: As the wind blows, people, get, get okay with the unknown. And start right. flying, start flying. Straight. Introduce,
2: introduce Joe to paramotor. Get him a I
1: want to be on paramotor. What the heck? Flying a <laughs>
2: plane is great, but it's it's your responsibility 100% of the time.
1: I imagine.
2: You lose 100 feet or go up 100 feet and you don't even know it. You look at the gauge. Oh, crap. And by the time you fix that, you've lost three miles an hour. Oh, crap. So when people used to ask me, oh, it must be so beautiful up there, I wouldn't know. I haven't looked out the window yet. That's what mm-hmm. I tell people. I haven't looked out the window yet. Thank God, you know, on my monitor would tell me if another plane is close But you don't. So it ended up being, like, I really haven't flown since I got my license because it's just not that fun. Paramotor, that shit is pure fun for one. And for two, for me to go fly costs a gallon of gas.
0: Yeah, big difference.
2: To fly an airplane is $200 an hour. Yeah, yeah. I can go fly for an hour and a half for what it costs to get a gallon of gas. I mean, after you initially buy the equipment. But it's well worth it. Find a group of guys there everywhere you have fun. Uh, that's cool. And if your engine know. dies, you if your engine dies, you got enough time to pull out a cheeseburger and eat it before you worry about hitting the ground. Whereas if mm-hmm. you're in an airplane and engine dies, you're looking for some high school football field or empty uh uh cornfield, hoping there's no power lines cuz cornfields be having them power lines you can't see. Yeah,
0: it's it's a whole other beast. So them yeah. into that. Yeah. Joe, you're welcome. <laughs> If Jason, I, I want to get back to Jason for a minute. Uh, we identified a couple of things that he can switch his attention to to feel grateful for. One is he has a steady income. Two, he has his relationship with his fiance. But there's also a, th- a third thing that I want to bring in, and it's probably one that he hasn't thought about in terms of it being an asset, because his email describes it more in in, a, in terms of it being a liability. His mother passing, um, and and I want to really hone in on that for a moment. Um, and I'm going to do it indirectly. So first thing I'm going to point to is he makes the statement, I'm scared to the point that it feels debilitating. We all know that feeling. We know exactly what that feels like. And you're right, it does feel debilitating. And when you follow it all the way down, it leads to depression. And if you live there, it will stay depression. So if, if you haven't been in that feeling for very long and you're wondering if it's going to become permanent, it will be if you stay in that feeling. That's, that's really what you're up against right now. So that's what you need to change is that feeling because when you're in that depression state, you can't think, you can't think, forget planning. Planning is out the window at that point. You can't even make out how you are going to feel frustrated? Frustrated would be a major improvement at that point. When you're in that super debilitated state, you can't think of anything else. So you have to almost crawl your way out. And the way to crawl your way out is literally to look for frustration, to look for something that's, yeah, it's not real high vibe, but it's higher than where you are. It's higher than you are right now. That's what you and need. the best way to get there, the fastest way to get there, the quickest way to get there is to appreciate the fact that you got that paying job, to appreciate and love that fiance who you've got, who's sticking with you through the thick and thin, to appreciate the fact that you have options that are available to, to you that other people don't even have. And you start with that stuff. You start appreciating that. And the more you can appreciate it, the more your feeling away from debilitation changes. It, no. it literally changes away from that debilitating feeling. But you have to be willing to try to do it. Even though the first few times that you it, it doesn't seem to feel any different. You do it anyway. Because if you do it anyway, there's there's like a, a microscopic, you know, molecule-based, atom-based change going on that you can't feel yet. But if you keep doing it over and over again, all of a sudden you reach a point where you say, oh, wait a minute, I feel a little bit better. And you wouldn't have gotten there if you gave up on doing the stupid routine of trying to appreciate stuff when you don't appreciate stuff, of trying to feel gratitude for stuff when you don't feel the gratitude just do it anyway. And well, just keep a- it anyway, you just keep doing it anyway and you do it anyway and you do it anyway and then you find yourself climbing out. And when you're climbing out, hopefully at this point you're also in deep communication with your fiancé. Now the two of you can climb out together. Now becomes the both of you strapping that motor on the back and flying out. You're not just doing it by yourself, you're doing it together. And that together has power that you don't feel it at the moment. You don't sense it at the moment, but it makes you fly. It makes you fly out faster than it seems possible you could fly out. And you don't even know about it until after you're out. I'll, I'll go back and I'll tell you a little bit about the story. I've told the story many times in the past on the show, but I'll tell you this one a little bit of when Louise and I were moving back to Connecticut from Virginia. Um Now, basically, we were in... A home that we really couldn't afford anymore. Um, we hadn't, we weren't behind on rent payments yet, but that was coming soon. Louise was miserable in Virginia. Um, she was miserable in her job. My, uh, self-employment career had fallen apart a few years ago. I was struggling to put together. I wasn't getting very far with it. Debts were getting higher and higher. We were about $65,000 in debt at that point. And that was after I had gotten my debt down to about 7000 just a few years back. So you can see how much it had climbed in just a few years' time. I had no prospects, zero prospects for the future. And we had no way to afford anything other than to move back because what we were doing is we were burning the last of our IRAs to do it. So all of our savings was about to be gone. And what transpired was the most effed up series of events I have ever experienced in my life. For instance, we came back with our last tanks of gas to Connecticut to try to find a job for Louise so that we could actually justify moving back, you know, go to a, a, an apartment complex or something and say, hey, we actually have viable jobs so we can qualify. And the first time we came back to do that, we c- couldn't get her a job. And we couldn't find an apartment to live in. We tried a number of places we used to live in. We couldn't even get those. And we actually went home that night despondent, not even sure how we were going to get through the next month. And it was, by the way, it was a really memorable trip. When we left, left Connecticut that night, it was 45 degrees Fahrenheit. By the time we got to Virginia, it was zero degrees Fahrenheit. We're watching the, the, the temperature gauge on the car as we're driving through New York and Pennsylvania. goes, Gee! all the way down. Like, oh, this is like a metaphor for our life right now. <laughs> That's the way it felt. We, we somehow got through the next month or so and decided to try to take another trip north. And on that second trip north, a few things happened. First of all, we got out of our driveway to start taking the trip north. It's snowing. And there's this old dog in the middle of the road, and he's kind of wandering around. And we had never seen this dog; we didn't know who he was or anything and it was pretty clear he was lost. It was freezing cold. This guy was an old dog, and Louise also figured out he was probably blind too, like well, you know, you can't do this, this is not good, so we stopped. Um, fortunately our, the road we were on, it was a, it, it's a 45 mile per hour road, but it doesn't get a ton of traffic. So fortunately there was no traffic and we, we gathered him up and we took him to the local shelter, turned him over there. And then we proceeded north with the rest of our trip. I'll, um, I'll finish with the trip in a moment, but I just want to tell you, when we got back from the trip, we found out that he actually had lived across the street from us and the owner didn't know that he was out. And when he went to go find him, and found that he was out. He was absolutely in tears. This is a big mammoth Southern boy. I I'm this guy, he, he's like the ultimate Southern boy. And he was in tears because he had lost his very elderly dog and he didn't know what to do. He was so grateful when he found out that we had taken him to the shelter. That's where he ended up trying. And sure enough, he was able to get his dog back. And so later on, he stopped me at my mailbox and said, were you the ones who took him to the shelter? I said, "Yes," yeah. And he he was just like pouring praise on us for that. So in the midst of our craziness we had this one little event where we were able to do one little bit of kindness and look how it came back to us mm-hmm. came back to us in a completely unexpected way so anyway that's a little side line yeah. we took the trip north we got i, I got, I got we, we took the trip north we got to connecticut and we go to uh, try again to try to find an apartment and we try to find a job we finally find this really terrible job for her i mean just it was it was a way to justify having an income it was pretty clear she wasn't even going to keep the job after she, after we got here, but at least we had a job for her. But then we still needed a place to live. And we went to our old complex where we used to live and they didn't have anything. And we ended up going to a realtor, um, who was the only guy who was open, not like the entire town was shut down. This is a Sunday. It was a weekend. There was nothing open, but this one guy was there and he was a realtor who had been in the real estate business for like 50 years. He was like the first realtor in town practically, right? He'd been there for, for generations. And we got to talking to him. He's looking on the the list for us to see if he can find anything. We're not finding anything. And we told him the story about the complex we used to live in. And he says, oh, you mean the fish complex? Oh, yeah. I, I helped him build that. I helped him build that 45 years ago. You know, he's got another one at the other end of town. And we said, he did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call him tomorrow. So we called him tomorrow. And, oh, yeah, we got an opening there. Now, it's the same office that we had just called earlier that day and they said, no, 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 we have no openings. The same frigging office. But they had an opening there. Why did they tell us about that? Well, Because we didn't ask about that complex. We asked about the other complex. It was just crazy. So we ended up getting the apartment. We drive home and we realized we have two weeks to pull off a move. We got this house full of stuff. On top of that, in the house where this guy lived who had the dog, he had just moved in that summer. And before he had moved in, the people who had been previously in that house had been evicted from the house and left four cats behind who we rescued. Despite the fact that our lease didn't allow us to have any pets. <laughs> well, we figured we weren't going to be there long anyway, so what the hell. But the new place we are going to, we could only have two pets. So we had to leave two behind. We had to take them to the shelter. It ripped our hearts out to decide first which two are we going to keep and which two are we going to take to the shelter. But we made the decision. We took two to the shelter, and it was not a no-kill shelter. So if in the end they couldn't find a home for them, they were going to euthanize these two cats. And I mean, we were, be- but there was nothing we could do. We were out of options. I'll fast forward on that story. What we ended up doing after we moved to Connecticut was. We, we ended up helping to find homes for those two cats, and they ended up getting homes after we, we left Virginia. So that one worked out. But that's not where all the crazy – this isn't the – I haven't gotten to the crazy part yet. The crazy part was moving day. On moving day, the moving van shows up. Again, this is our last of of money. We've got no money left. I got two old cars. There's an old uh, Toyota Camry and an old Ford Ranger, neither of which could make the trip. I went to sell the Camry. I had a price of tag on it of 750 bucks. It was. It had like 240,000 miles on it. I get home. I get home just in time for a, a buyer to show up. The buyer looks at the car. By the way, my, my minimum price was 500. I was hoping I would get at least 500 out of it. The buyer shows up. He says, yeah, I'll take it. By, by the way, do you know it doesn't have any oil in it? All the oil had drained out, but it was still running. <laughs> And he said, well, the best I can offer you is $500. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> so that got rid of the car. Then on the day of the move, we had arranged with the movers to have them um hook the, the ranger to the back of the moving bag to drag it up to Connecticut. Except we found out that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. So they tell us on the day of the move, we can't take your ranger with you. <laughs> you have to find another way to get rid of it. And at that moment in time, one of the movers, one of the guys working for the moving van said, hey, are you interested in selling that Ranger? I'd like to buy it from you. <laughs> and I'd been, hoping, I'd been hoping to get $1,200 for it. He says, well, I'll give you 1500 for it. And his boss said, it's not worth that. Give him 1200 for it. I said, okay. <laughs> and so we ended up doing a swap there. We get up to Connecticut. We realize, oh my God, we don't have a car. Now what are we going to do? We had hoped to drive these old clunkers around for a bit until we could, you know, we didn't have a car. We went to the car dealers. Car dealers couldn't help us. We tried, we, we went one after another after another. You we know, got nowhere. Ended up going to the last car dealer we could go to before the snowstorm that was coming through was going to come through that day. It was going to dump a foot of snow on the ground. We have an, a rental that we can't afford, and we got to return it, like, within the next day or so. And we're despondent. We need to have two cars, not just one. We actually had to have two cars because we had two different uh, jobs we were dealing with. And we're sitting there in the dealership and they're trying so hard to find a way to get us into vehicles. And I mean, like they were bending over backwards and it just wasn't working, just wasn't working. And finally, they decided to give us a lease at 40% off the normal rate and another lease at 45% off the normal rate. Now, car dealers don't do that.
1: Yeah. No, they
0: just don't do Uh, that. But they did that day and we drove off the lot with no money and two brand new cars. That was a frigging roller coaster ride that I just described. And that all happened in a two week period. So, Jason, I'm telling you, you'll come through it, but you're going to come through with some stories and it's going to feel like you're being thrown all over the place. You just gotta keep trusting. You just gotta keep going with it. Go with the flow. Keep focusing attention on the, on things to be grateful for and you'll ride it out. You'll ride it out, my friend.
1: One thing that you said, Walt, that stuck out. We said a lot of things that stuck out. Jason, I hope (laughs) you're feeling it. Um, To show up for, do stuff for other, to show up for other people, be Mm -hmm. there for others, to show up for others. You see, when you start showing up as you want other people to show up in your life, if you do it first, you're going to see that reflected in your life and in your reality. So what I say is, who, what can you do for someone? My life is in disarray, blah, 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 and all of these things are happening, and I know that's true, but what can you do for somebody else?
0: And By the way, four months after that, we we started Gardens by Louise, and everything started to improve from that point on.
1: Oh, I love that! Cool. Yeah, I just love. I think that's awesome. But that's okay. it. That's how this works. And yeah, there's something about showing up for other people that just enhances your life like no, like like, like nothing else. We're given these gifts to give them away. We're not mm. given gifts yes. to keep them. No.
2: no. I want to throw a little bit on top of that because. Um, in my toughest time, um, I had support systems, I had love, I had my sister, and my father, um, even though I wouldn't accept their help, too much pride, but here's the one thing that got me through everything, and it will get you through everything every time if you're watching a show like this. Because if you're watching a show like this, you're already slightly invested in the law of attraction. Now I put it here so I can put it up on the screen. There it is. That phrase right there, thoughts become things, mm-hmm. gave made me happy about the future. Everything that happened in my past and what was going on currently that might have been shitty was just it was what it was, it was existing. But I know I have a little bit at least a little bit of control over what's gonna happen next. That shit makes me happy. And that's what I used to pull my happy because everything else was cool. Yeah, I do have love for my dad and I do love, love, love. But in the back of my mind it was like, damn, you ain't got no money. Rent is coming, so is the electric bill. That is what got me through, knowing that I was at least slightly in control of my future. I had used the law of attraction a couple times to get a couple small things, it was time for me to go big. You know, I knew some of the rules. I was doing a lot of research, learning more, but that right there, that's hope right there. That's drive. So use that 100%. Use the law of attraction as your smile because, yeah, you might have attracted your current situation into your life, but that's back then. That's 30 seconds ago. That's one second ago. We need we looking here. There's a reason the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield because you're supposed to be looking forward. That's true hold on to that.
1: I love that. That was great. That was, beautiful. that was a great, that that was a great, that was a great story. Well, <clears throat> Jason, I want to thank you for sitting in. Uh, let us know, give us an update. Let us know if you create a GoFundMe or what you need to do, whatever that is out there. And and,
0: and anyone who wants to uh, help Jason, there, there, there was some people asking the live stream if they could help, send an email to me and I'll, I'll put you in touch with Jason so you can give him some help directly. Oh, my email. I should tell you my email. That's right. Walt at dot Otherwise, it's kind of hard to get in touch with me. That might be, you know. <laughs> <the> details, right?
2: <laughs> and shout out to everybody who was here with us today and commenting. Luck, Susan, Kimberly, Joe, all yeah. all you guys. We love
0: you. Sam. Spread the word. We appreciate yep. every single one of you guys, and thank you, guys. Debbie, thank you for for sharing your story because I'm I'm sure that's going to help Jason knowing that what you went through is what he's facing. It helps a lot. So thank you for that, and we continue to hope for your improved health. That you're getting yes. better and better and better and better. Get well soon. Yeah, oh, I
1: will. Believe me. And,
0: and and Neil, I'm glad you got your foot out okay. of the other place so you can be in this place. Thank you for being in this place.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> this, this is my jam
0: right here. This is my therapy for the week.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, I
0: definitely. I know what you mean. Thank
2: That's you, why live I had me.
1: to be here.
0: Thank you, live <laughs> and especially podcast listeners everywhere. And we will see you all next time here on LA Today. Goodbye, everybody.